0: Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook's isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem: call 1-800-GAMBLER. the Monday Night Football Edition of the PFF betting podcast. We got Seahawks, Washington football team. Uh, some interesting numbers on the spread and total. But first, Kevin, I got to get, what is your strongest take heading out of week 12 here?
1: Strongest take? Hmm. Strongest um, take. How about, I'm still, I, I'm just going to die on the, I don't I don't really think the Patriots are elite hill. I'm, I'm going to die okay. on it. I, I mean, I've been dying on it. <laughs> They've yeah, been I feel like I'm already dead me. on it, right? Yeah, yeah I'm already dead. <laughs> but I'm okay. So here's here's the thing. About three quarters of the way through this game. Well, let's say during midway through the third quarter, I think the Titans had you know a couple more tenths of a yard per play. They had fumbled the ball twice. They had missed a, a more makeable field goal, uh, missed an extra point, I believe. All kinds of stuff that was going on, right? Um, now the Patriots piled it on at the end uh, again with another turnover. They couldn't the the Titans couldn't convert on first and goal from the five. A bunch of things like that. so we have all the stuff going on where the Patriots back to back weeks have beaten up on teams optically, but the Falcons are the Falcons, right? Um, and they're still getting they're still requiring all of these turnovers to get better. So I remember. Um, our very own PFF underscore Brad uh, put out his um, put out a thought about the fact that the Bills Patriots game is opening next week at minus three, and he's like, "Oh, I bet that gets bet down to even." I'm like, "What? It's at Buffalo." I was I was thinking to myself like, "People don't think the Patriots are better than the Buffalo Bills, do they?" After after this week, that would be that would be insane to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can. I mean. <clears throat> And like we said earlier, I've definitely already died on the Patriots Hill, so I didn't watch a ton. <laughs> Are you leaving Titans, me? Patriots. Are you
1: leaving me alone? I'm not, le- the I'm
0: not leaving you. I'm more. Cu- I'm more. I need to rewatch the game. Basically, is what I'm uh, probably gonna say. But it was interesting. It seemed like the Titans were at least there. They did cover the first hit. Ha- the, they, they did cover the first half spread. Sixteen thirteen going into the half, and then they basically didn't score in the second half. So maybe that's just you know Rabel getting out coached by Bill Belichick. Uh, it does seem to be that you know Belichick, Josh McDaniels in general, definitely carrying. The those team carrying that team. I don't know if I, you know, obviously necessarily buy into them being any sort of legitimate contender in the AFC. Um, but I guess that's probably the hill that I'm gonna die on. But they have looked good so far and they're definitely good at beating up on vulnerable or poor teams. I will definitely yeah, say that. I'm much, never so, so we'll I'm, I'm
1: just gonna I have to ride this out. this is like I'm, got I'm far run, I mean, beyond L taking. Like you can take an yeah. L at, at a certain stage. I've I've ridden way past that. So I gotta just ride this out and just, just maybe, just go into pure delusion. Maybe I'll just have to. Yep. Maybe they'll drive me off the edge, Patriots. So we'll this is go. this is your chance.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. We are going down with this ship. But talking <laughs> about maybe taking the L or not taking the L, we got Seahawks Washington football team on Monday Night Football minus one spread for Washington forty six and a half point total. And I got to ask you, Kevin. I know we've been. Uh, we've been back and forth on Russell Wilson a little bit, especially from your perspective. What do you think this line would be if you weren't now kind of, you know, forced to try and convince people that maybe Russell Wilson is a little bit underrated again somehow? Like, what do you think this line would be if Russell Wilson was playing uh, peak Russell Wilson, where he's vastly overrated by uh, the betting public and maybe general public?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be at least three in the direction of the Seahawks. I mean, the thing that's happened, though, in... Okay, on the other side of the equation. I think we know the Seahawks stuff. And the Seahawks defense, I was looking, I thought they had been better than what they had been. I was looking at some of the numbers. Actually, yeah. haven't been that they actually haven't been that hot, but they're not god awful like they were to start last season where Russ was really carrying them when he was playing so well. Um so you combine that with the fact that Washington defense has been has been really really bad. They've been one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And what's carried Washington in the last 2 weeks is the fact that Everyone's favorite, uh, the NFL's sweetheart, uh, Taylor Heineke, has been converting third downs and fourth downs like a madman, and right. they've really just cranked that up big time. I mean, he's been playing well. You know, I, I don't want to take anything away from him, that sort of thing. But prior to that game, they were va- they were pretty negative offensively on late down and conversions, and they've flipped that around and flipped the script on everyone these last couple of weeks. So I think that's part of it too. I think people are warming on. Uh, Washington. And Let's face it; like everyone's in the playoff hunt in the AFC, other than the Seahawks, I guess. Everyone's in the in the playoff hunt, including the Washington football team after the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, definitely, I agree with you. And I think you know a little bit of unsustainable play from Taylor Heineke. Obviously, it is a feel-good story, but uh, I think we could see a little bit of a correction here on Monday night. So, do you lean? In the Seahawks' direction at plus one, or are you uh, staying away basically from the spread in total in this
1: game? I mean, I, I do lean, although, you know, one, like, well, what is I, – I hate, I hate, you know, something where you just have that – you're kind of between the threes there and you're hanging out right. in no man's land. But, no, I do lean in their direction. I just feel like if you figure the, the football team does not have a defensive advantage, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf are healthy, Russell right. Wilson – is supposedly healthy, although he did this whole thing where he said that his finger was injured, but then – he said his finger wasn't bothering him, But and then he also followed that up immediately with, but I don't make any excuses, so does that mean it is bothering you? Like, that kind of sounds like something someone –
0: Is that an excuse? That's
1: like an excuse, right? Like, that's like a low-key yeah. excuse. It's like a backhanded excuse. Um so anyway, so I don't think anything's bothering. Him. I think it's he's had rough stretches before in his career, right? Um, so you figure all those things are in place. Taylor Heineke versus Russell Wilson, like how could they not be favored to win this game? I don't care if it's in Washington or not.
0: Right, right, definitely. I agree with you. I mean, that's that's basically what it comes down to, right? Like right now, Russell Wilson is not favored against a Taylor Heineke led Washington team that has been kind of miserable uh defensively they might be getting a little bit better but they were supposed to be what this top five unit especially along you know the front seven defense line being able to generate pressure and they just haven't been able to do that whatsoever so i'm not really seeing uh you know the line movement in washington's favor i definitely agree with you i do think uh it's seattle or bust on this monday night football matchup but thankfully we also have player props we also have showdown slate so i know uh you know pffs betting tool we do have a little bit of value on some Seattle overs. We like both Tyler Lockett over 5.5 receptions, plus 106 price. We also like DK Metcalf over 5.5 receptions, plus 124 price. Out of those two, is there one that you are more inclined uh, to like toward the over and in saying that, uh, how would you approach basically both those guys from a showdown showdown perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is not the most uh, scientific approach here, but I feel like if I was going to blindly do anything, it would always lean towards my man, Tyler Lockett, who's not going to get the hype that that DK is going to get. Um, DK's... Of course, DK's... Maybe there's a squeaky wheel sort of uh, phenomenon going on here, but I don't really buy into that narrative as much as, as some other people. So I think I would lean towards Lockett, but I don't mind Metcalf also. I think Metcalf has been... So you know he's really fallen underneath the radar. I've had a lot. I've seen people saying that they would you know rather start a team with McLaurin right now than they would with with Metcalf. And I thought that was kind of an interesting take for guys who would come out in the same draft class. Uh, so in from a showdown perspective, it's somewhat similar. Uh, Metcalf is probably just going to have. He's just going to be rostered more often. He costs a little bit more. And then you're normally able to get a little bit of juice out of Tyler Lockett, except for those circumstances where he's coming off of one of those like 14 target weeks that he seems to put up once a season. So you're you're, going to hope for that here and hope for him as a good value in the captain spot or at least in a flex position.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. He does have, you know, a couple explosive type games that, you know, every once in a while he puts up like 40 or some PPR fantasy points. Maybe that's a spot that it happens for Tyler Lockett here. Um, we have seen DK Metcalf Metcalf, you know, not really perform up to expectation for the entire season, right? I think he's only gone over his reception total three three of 10 games so far this season. So he's definitely taking a step back along with this entire uh, Seahawks offense in general. So so you're saying you kind of like Tyler Lockett uh, in the captain position. Is there anybody else that you kind of like uh, fitting into that slot?
1: Yeah, let me let me pull up the old numbers here. Um, old numbers. Yeah, so as far as the, the captain position is concerned, there's going to be... You know, Wilson's gonna be tough because he's gonna he's gonna have decent ownership despite the fact that he hasn't had that high of a ceiling there. Uh I me, mean, Terry McLaurin, who we mentioned, I have a little bit of a Positive value on him. I have a little bit of a positive value on Antonio Gibson, who could be, could fall a little bit under the radar now that there's the assumption that he's completely given away the passing down duties to JD McKissick, which he kind of has. And Jarrett Patterson is starting to squeeze him too. So I'm hoping you would hope for that. You'd hope for a circumstance where his he's going to be rostered much less than what he has been in previous weeks, but yet he has by far the highest touchdown potential for those guys. So I think both of those guys are interesting, and I'm digging down a bit further. Um, I mean, for a long shot type of guy like DJ Dallas with the fact that Travis Homer is out, uh, Rashad Penny is out, Chris Carson is still out. And Alex Collins is probably going to soak up most of the interest here. And maybe Dallas, you just don't know how they're going to split out that backfield. Maybe you'll be a little bit more involved and especially involved in the passing game there with Travis Homer out.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I do like DJ Dallas quite a bit. I also do like uh, Terry McLaurin. I think if I was <coughs> focusing on, uh, you know, a skill position player from Washington, I d- I would lean in his direction over Antonio Gibson. I do think he has a higher floor, also a higher ceiling. Uh, and our, you know, wide receiver cornerback matchup chart has him basically with a perfect matchup against the Seattle Seahawks defense. So I like that one quite a bit. I also like Terry McLaurin. Over 5.5 receptions plus under nine price uh, that shows you know 4.6 percent value on PFF's betting tool. So maybe that's a spot that you like as well. We'll see. But I'm interested in how you know how you're kind of evaluating uh, this Washington backfield. Then along with Antonio Gibson, obviously you brought up JD McKissick. Our player props tool has his under 3.5 receptions at the highest value play here on Monday night. Do you like that bet? Do you think he's going to be uh, a little bit less involved in you know the Washington passing attack than what he has been in previous weeks, or how are you? kind of seen, uh, you know, that target or that overall, you know, snap share and target share and rush temp share uh, break out for the Washington football team.
1: Well, it's weird because as I mentioned, it is becoming more of a three-headed backfield where that hadn't been the yeah. case in the past. So, Again, you know the the when I said that Gibson was a decent play, that would be more like you're gonna hope that he's gonna be oversold and you still have the high end outcome. But as far as a median outcome is concerned, and that's what you're concerned about in these player props, I think it just brings down everyone's median outcomes, right. including McKissick's. Um, Gibson is still going to be somewhat involved. And I think people are probably overestimating how much McKissick will be involved going forward in the passing game because of the fact that Gibson is is could have even more involvement than his pretty paltry involvement recently. And then, you know, mostly Jared Patterson was taking carries away from uh, Antonio Gibson, but he Gibson. also got a couple of routes. He ran a, he ran a, f- a couple of routes out there, so he could be involved a little bit more in the passing game too. He has good hands coming out of the backfield, despite the fact that he did not have a single catch his final year in college, but that was more of a system thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I do think that is kind of interesting. I mean, obviously there is going to be some value in a player prop market uh, from that Washington backfield. Uh, and I do think, you know, that's probably going to be the best spot to target. So what, what would you say is your favorite player prop here for Monday night football?
1: Uh, I like the under. I like the under on McKissick's uh, receptions. Let's go ahead and 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 go with it. Let's Lock go with the, let's go with the model. Okay, we let's Trust. go with the numbers here. We don't we don't we don't watch games. Okay, Ben, we don't have our own opinions. I watch and We dots. certainly are not going to, to do anything else. I'm sorry.
0: I said I watch dots is the only thing. I Yeah, exactly. Watch so we, after so. the game's over, we watch the dots, of course, and we get pumped about that. But um, we get pumped. <laughs> it's way more entertaining. I mean even think about the Sunday night football matchup. Way more fun if you're just watching the dots and watching the disaster that happened. I think just At watching watching half. a blank watching a blank wall. Would be more entertaining than this matchup so far, <laughs> but yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. I do I do like J.D. McKissick under 3.5 receptions. Uh, you know, obviously our our tool showing that as the highest value play. Uh, definitely lean in that direction. I also do like Antonio Gibson under 69.5 rushing yards. That goes back a little bit to uh, expected game script. I do think, you know, if you expect the Seahawks to potentially cover, Gibson's going to really take a back seat here too, you know, on... Un- basically all the other guys in that Washington backfield. So I like that one quite a bit as well. And then it's kind of take your pick uh, at the wide receiver position for who you think is going to go over 5.5 receptions. Uh, A lot of, you know, viable options, but we'll see. So what else, what else are you kind of seeing from a showdown perspective? Is there anybody else you like kind of maybe more under the radar at the flex position? How are you kind of approaching a guy like Logan Thomas in his first game back with this Washington football team? Uh, Is he, you know, a playable spot in that flex position or who, who do you kind of like uh, there?
1: Yeah, I think he's playable as a, as a flex play. He's relatively inexpensive at 4,800. I don't know how much people are going to be on him. I mean, he was a big part of the passing game before he went down to injury. And just to give a little bit of context here, I mean, Gerald Everett is 6,200 and then Thomas is only 4,800 and Ricky Seals Jones is out. So um, he's going to be splitting it with John Bates, you know, who's kind of the third string guy who didn't really do much when he was elevated to first string before. So I think he is interesting. And then, you know, Taylor Heineke, I think he's just going to be end up being under owned as a quarterback who doesn't have high name recognition, despite the fact that, you know, football people kind of know that he's been playing better. But I think that he could fall a little bit under the radar if people start to push in a little bit more and say, you know what, I want these different Seahawks. So I'm going to make sure I have Russell Wilson, who is the most expensive guy out there. And then maybe that won't leave enough uh, money sitting around to get someone like Taylor Taylor Heineke also went to the lineup, but I would, I would recommend that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree with you. Of course, he has a little bit of, you know, rushing upside could potentially True. score, you know, a touchdown as skid. well. So I do think he can, he can scoot a little bit. He can definitely maneuver. So I like that one quite a bit. Is there any, you know, defense uh, that you'd like as far as a flex option? Or is this basically going to be a spot where you think uh, the game total is Possibly going to go over, or at least not going to see enough fantasy production from either defense in order to justify, uh, you know, going low on their salary.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Seahawks defense is interesting because Heineke's more likely to give a turnover. I mean, Russ has these little stretches where he gives where he turns the ball over a lot, but that's not typically something that he does. And I guess the problem is I, th- I have a feeling that the public perception on these defenses may be stronger than what they actually are, being that they're both almost bottom five ish sort of sort of defenses as they played so far this year. They're not exactly ball hawking units either. Um, So because of that, I
0: I would probably fade them. But if you wanted to throw one of them in, I I think the Seahawks are probably the better choice. There we go. There we go. So make sure you check out, you know, Kevin Cole's showdown analysis. It's going to be up on PFF.com tomorrow morning. First doors. Make sure you check out the PFF betting tool. Green Line, all the other great uh, opportunities that we have available in order to make you know some mo- money, pay off that PFF Elite subscription. If you don't have an Elite subscription, make sure you lock in Cyber 40. It's going to get you 40% off uh, any PFF subscription. You definitely want it uh, for Elite to get you know a lot of that betting content, showdown content, and things like that. They're going to help you uh, hopefully make some money here over the remaining games for NFL and NCAA football. So from Ben Brown, drawn by Kevin Cole, we appreciate y'all listening to the PFF betting. Hawkeyes.